Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of Cinematropolis.com. And I'm coming at you again with another Dead Center Film Festival 2020 interview. Um, today, we'll be talking with the director producer of one of the short films that uh, played at the festival, The Chest. And we'll be speaking with the director producer, Charles Elmore. The Chest is a part of the Oki Shorts Mixtape Volume 2 block and stars Danielle Evan Plager, Dylan Baker, and Becky Ann Baker. And the synopsis, according to the Dead Center website, reads, Jessica, a put-upon real estate agent, is forced to work alongside Blake, her merciless and cruel superior, in selling a large real estate to the Steves, a pair of potential buyers. When a tragic accident befalls the pitiless Blake, resulting in his untimely, or maybe deserved, demise, Jessica seizes the opportunity to make the sale on her own by hiding Blake's body. Uh, Charles, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Hey, thanks. That's a, that's a very bit of a mouthful of a synopsis, huh? I should get in touch with whoever sent them that and tell them that uh, it's a little wordy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to, to be, you know, I'm thrilled to have the chance to talk about it and, and for you guys to, you know, give it, give it some, you know, uh, give it some attention or, you know, uh, highlight some of the people that worked on it. So thank you for having us. Yeah, of course, uh, Charles. Well, uh, I have to say, we uh, at the Centropolis, we're, we're fans of the short film. Uh, Daniel Bokemper did a write-up of this entire shorts block, which is currently live on the website, and we'll link that in the show notes. But uh, he had nothing to But good things to say about the chest this year. Now, oh, cool. um, to break the ice uh, on this particular short film, could you tell me a little bit about the inspiration? Now, I know in the credits you guys cite, uh, you know, an Edgar Allan Poe story is an influence. Uh, what other films or maybe filmmakers inspired your particular take on the short story? The whole idea kind of started out of a conversation with a couple other filmmaker friends um, that I work with all the time. And we were talking about doing a sort of anthology that all centered around uh, something involving like a home or finding a home. And I, when I, when it was, you know, my idea was germinating, I always wondered like, what if, you know, this idea of what if Norman Bates had tried to sail the Bates motel and home like right after he killed Mrs. Bates from Psycho. Um, and that's kind of where I started. So the whole genesis of the idea has always been rooted in a sense of like kind of that classic dark comedic elevated, you know, kind of thriller uh, genre that like Hitchcock and uh, Clouseau and, and these sort of, French, you know, classic 60s thrillers kind of uh, filmmakers um, in that vein and the very sort of arch chamber pieces like The Uninvited and The Innocents and stuff like that. Um, I could never quite figure out how to make it entertaining. And every time I was coming up with a draft, it kept coming out very like dour and very like serious and brooding. And so I sat on it for a while and then uh, the writer, Tony De La Dernier, who I had been long friends with, uh, he was in one of the first films I had made back in 2008. And he had just recently moved back from Chicago where he uh, graduated from the Second City uh, writing program or you know comedy program. Um, that's the program where I guess Amy Poehler and Bill Murray and some pretty famous SNL comedians and other people like the UCB people came out of that um, school. And so he's very concentrated on comedy writing and stuff like that and I knew I wanted this to be somewhat comedic and sort of arch in tone to some extent so I asked if he would want to take the story and rework it and kind of workshop it together and get it in the way that I was wanting to sort of envision it and let him sort of have fun with the script writing and so um, 
we were always looking at Hitchcock thrillers, um, these very sort of like, almost like Clue, how comedically arch Clue is sometimes, but how the comedy, the, the, how the audience is in on some of the humor and jokes, but the characters in the movie itself aren't sort of aware of how, you know, ironic they're being or how tongue in cheek the characters are being. So um, yeah, those are kind of our, our sort of base point or our starting baselines for, for reference and, and inspiration. And then um, Tony's big, big obsession and our big focus was making sure like everything that was set up had a payoff and everything that, you know, everything that felt like we had to like hang a lantern on or put a, you know, be specific about that we were intentional about it and that there was never any sort of throwaway um, line or, or scene or any of that stuff. There's actually like several scenes that we cut out just because we were so focused on like getting, you know, cutting anything inessential. So um, we were very intentional about that, but the starting point was always like a Hitchcock sort of thriller and a Hitchcock kind of comedy, like, you know, rope was a huge starting point. Um, specifically, like, I knew I wanted to have uh, a character's body being hidden in a chest. And what would it be like if people just were constantly like, floating around this dead body in a chest. And that's very much the central conceit of rope. And, you know, mixed with a little bit of the sort of, you know, sexual tension and dramatic tension of like, vertigo and, um, and psycho all were sort of the, the reference points we were circling around. I think one of the things um, outside of just the really sharp script, which you've already talked about, uh, was the, the stellar cast that has a real, hmm. everyone seemed to have a really good sense of, of comedic timing. Uh, I know you have Dylan Baker here, who's, he's, known, he's a character actor known for a number of projects, uh, including Trick or Treat. Uh, I know he cameoed in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, or uh, most more recently uh, had, a, had a role in Amazon's television show, Hunters. So tell me a little bit more about how you went about casting the film. Was this script written with particular actors in mind or did you sort of just have these character ideas mapped out and cast it later? Um, we never really, I know when we were writing it, Tony, he and I had conversations about what kind of gender dynamics and what kind of gender roles we wanted in, in all of, in this whole short. And I always wanted the main character to be uh, a female. Um, and I always had it in mind that it would be a sort of female having to sort of be, so, you know, be deferential to a more cruel and severe male superior. Um, and when Tony was writing the script, I know he had always had it in mind that he, it was going to be like a more superior female to a younger female, which again is a very interesting, rich kind of subtext to explore. Um, but it just worked out that, um, I had actually had a relationship with Becky and Dylan before this um, project because I had worked on a project uh, in Bartlesville that Becky was cast in and we were shooting this film in Bartlesville for about 52 days. And so we just naturally hanging out with the actors and I would, we would end up at the same restaurant and Becky would be there and we would just talk and strike up a conversation. And Eventually our conversations led to, you know, I pitched her on a script that I had been working on with um, another friend of mine and asked her if she'd ever be interested in reading it and considering herself for one of the roles. We hit it off. She said she really liked it and said, yes, keep me in mind. And we just stayed in touch after this movie ended. And um, it was only in that sort of hanging out that I realized that her husband was Dylan Baker. Uh, and Becky's, you know, Becky's her, no, I mean, she's just as equally like uh, iconic 
character actor in her own right. I mean, she's she's been in uh, War of the Worlds with Steven Spielberg. She has been she's been in, she's been as in as many Sam Raimi films as Dylan Baker has. I guess they're old friends with the Raimis, and you know, she's uh, the wife of one of the bumbling idiots in Sam Raimi's A Simple Plan. Um, so they're like you know they're like uh, I don't know. I don't want to say they're the Bill and Hillary of character actors because, you know, Bill and Hillary is its own context. But, you know, they're like that, you know, his and hers like of famous character actors, I think, in, in, in modern kind of cinema. Um, plus, Becky was Hannah Horvath's mom from Girls, which, you know, gives her a whole nother kind of uh, appeal. Um, but we had been talking about another project and I felt like that project was still quite a ways off because like all independent feature length film trying to get made in Oklahoma, like it's just impossible. Um, so while that was waiting to happen or getting traction, I just said, hey, I'm writing this short film. We'd love to do it. And I think, you know, if I can convince you to come in here and just pop in for a day, show up at the back end of the movie or die in the first half of the movie, whoever, you know, I would love for both of you guys to come out here and I will do whatever I can to make it happen if you know you want to hang out in Tulsa for a few days and, and and help me you know make a short film and they were very very nice and very very uh agreeable and said told that you know they gave me they told me how I can make sure you know to take care of them and bring them out here and and I did everything that uh you know and that that we could to make sure we you know I knew I wanted to a, a big part of me was that I knew I wanted to try to find ways that I could elevate the story in a way that immediately puts eyes on it, even if, even if for some reason it just doesn't turn out good, you know, even if like in my own ambitious head, it just sucks terribly. I at least wanted something that people would immediately like look to and have a shorthand association to, to like watch it and pay attention. Um, I've been working in film and made short films and worked with other filmmakers long enough to know that like even a really great idea sometimes, especially in the festival market, which is its own sort of like insular world that you need something to sort of really like elevate above the noise. And, you know, I just wanted to really guarantee our opportunity to get as much attention out of it as possible. And not just on the merits of the hard work that the filmmakers put into it, because a lot of filmmakers put a lot of hard work into projects, but because it doesn't have a famous actor or, you know, it's made locally, people oftentimes dismiss it or they rule it out or they just sort of say like, that's cute. Let's look at this film with so-and-so famous person that shot in Oklahoma for two weeks or whatever, you know? So I wanted to make sure that I was helping the project be as successful as possible. And with my relationship with the Bakers, I just hoped that that would be a good marriage and help you know, add to the value of the project because I already felt like it was a really strong idea and a strong sort of intention that we had behind it. Um, so uh, they, they did me a huge favor by agreeing to it and they were so nice about being, you know, working with us and a lot of the Oklahoma crew that works on a lot of other features worked on this. So it was a really great, you know, they were really complimentary and really supportive of, of, of us and of that. And then to cap it all off, Danielle is just, to not overlook her, to overshadow her, like she did so phenomenal in holding her own against Dylan and Be and Becky. And, you know, I know actors, once you get in, you know, once they yell action, it's just, you don't have time to sort of be starstruck. But, you know, I know 
Danielle was really super into meeting Becky. Everyone else was super thrown away by both of them and their, their accolades. But Danielle just hold her own and she like really handles her well, handles herself really well with both Dylan and her scenes. And then in her scenes with Becky, it's a completely different sort of performance and role. And to see Danielle kind of juggle all these different sort of modulations of anxiety and control and panic, you know, um, it, she just does a phenomenal job and it's why the film is as good as it is because she carries it so much, you know, Dylan and Becky kind of get to come in and ring the bells of like, look, famous people, like good actors, but Danielle's really the one that like makes you believe it and makes you invested and really you want to hope that she's going to be able to get out of the situation she's backed her in. And that's all because of Danielle's acting and performance. So she's, she's a great actress. Um, you know, I was lucky to get her in this as much as I was Dylan and Becky. So. Yeah. Yeah. And again, strongly kind of grounds the, uh, grounds the whole short really and kind of, um, <laughs> she does a really great job at really setting that tone of anxiety yeah. in the situation. Yeah. You know, so and, and she's kind of turning into a little like she's almost like a like a Julianne Moore of the like Tulsa the like Oklahoma indie scene because you know she's in a bunch of Mickey Reese's films mm -hmm. she 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 works with uh, Brittany uh, Caitlin Shelby a lot um, you know I I because of her work on the chest a friend of mine who's short I got to shoot after mine cast her in his film and so we got to work all over again on our sh on that short so she's danielle is just she's a she's a secret weapon i think in a lot of filmmaking in this region and, and she, i think she's in out of austin but um she's come up here a lot more i've seen her on more project shot in oklahoma than i have in austin but um maybe that's just because of the proximity but she's a great actress yeah absolutely now i i do want to take it to a, another character who might not be so obvious in some ways i feel like it's not obvious in other ways i feel like this is kind of a cliche uh, question, but I, I do think it applies to this film. The house, of course, is very much, you know, its own character. It really creates the tone and the atmosphere um, of the conflict that is uh, occurring on film, uh, on the screen. Did now, how did you go about finding the best house? Did you, did you like write this script based off of the house or did you say, I wrote this script, now I gotta go find the craziest house in the, the Oklahoma, uh, Tulsa area. Yeah, um, you know, I we actually scouted and planned for a different house than what is than what is in the film. Um, we had originally looked at a different, you know, Tulsa. Like, I think very similar to like the bigger oil boom towns in Oklahoma. Like, it has its fair share of like oil magnate mansions and whatever that have now since kind of been reduced to just this really big house on a really small lot. Um, and we were looking at, a se at several different sort of oil magnate mansions and we had pretty much gotten locked in on one that was really great. It had the perfect, for me, the biggest thing was I needed to find the right staircase. And I spent so much time like obsessing over what staircase we needed to throw uh, the, the, the main character down or the, the, the villain down essentially. And so, you know, I'd had some houses in mind. I'd had some staircases in mind and we'd actually gotten in on the one that I had originally wanted from the get go. And we were a few weeks away from shooting when the homeowner basically just ghosted us and stopped responding. And we were literally trying to get, I mean, we were literally at a point where we were already starting to schedule shoots and schedule flights for Dylan and Becky to the point where we were going to be shooting on October 28th and 29th, whether we were having a house or not. Um, and we were, we were getting very close to that. Um, Fortunately, um, 
I had been doing, I've been doing, I've done lots of work in Tulsa as a location scout. I've worked in lots of local productions that I've been around in many different houses. And the one that I, we in, ended up in the film is actually like been sitting in our backyard this whole time. Um, it's actually the mansion that my wife and I got married in when we got married 16 years ago. Um, and it wasn't my first choice because it was so sort of Mediterranean and Italian influenced. And I wanted something a little more Gothic, a little more sort of ornate with, you know, plate glass or stained glass windows and very like European cottage influenced and not so much like Mediterranean villa style. But when we went back in there and, and from what I remembered from my wedding, I was just like, the interior could be perfect. So it has the right, you know, the only thing is the staircase. We just have to make sure the staircase fits for like how we're going to do the physics of the fall. Um, so we scouted it like three days before we were supposed to shoot, talked about the budget, made sure we had the right amount and talked to the owner of the building. It's actually a house that's used for weddings and events and stuff like that. So they were perfectly suited for like, you know, booking out the day, like it was a wedding shoot or a photo shoot and totally not inconveniencing any homeowners or anything. So um, it's a lot of the stuff that Danielle says in the short, a lot of the details about the forest and the wood where it comes from and the tile are all like details that the owner of the property gives when he's doing showings for people who are going to come there for weddings. And when he showed, you know, I'd already heard this spiel 16 years ago, but my locations manager, my producer, uh, our, our, our AD, none of them had been in there. So he gave them the spiel and it was just like, all this is perfect dialogue for what we can just have her say. And all this detail is great. So like, we'll just incorporate it in there and like, we'll use this house. Like this is the house we'll use. It's perfect. But there's lots of rooms that we can get in and we can figure out how to block it. Um, and it's got all the right kind of corners and heights of the ceiling. So uh, it really worked out great. And it was one of those serendipitous moments that really made sure we were going to be able to make it the way we'd all kind of imagined it uh, without sort of compromising. Cause the only compromise next was to start looking at like, you know, these newer mansions, which just totally changes the dynamic and forces us away from the kind of gothicness that we wanted to keep in the project. So yeah, it's, it's luckily I've got married, I guess is the secret to that story. <laughs> and you never know when getting married comes in handy for filmmaking. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it hasn't in any other instance yet. So um, my wife has been gracefully patient with with all of it. So the one well, time our marriage actually works in in favor for for, for our film shoot. <laughs> um, well, uh, wonderful, uh, Charles. We're going to start winding down here, but sure. I, a, a couple. I still have a couple questions left before we do. Is there anywhere that our listeners today can keep up either with your work specifically, or maybe other opportunities to find the chest online? we have sort of a, a very mild social media presence um, on Facebook where you can find us at the chess short film. It's all one word, the chess short film. Uh, I think that's the same URL on our Instagram and Twitter. Charles, we're going to close out. Is there anything else you'd like to say to listeners or attendees uh, at dead center before we close out the show today? Yeah. Uh, also, if you want to look for me particularly like, on I'm more I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter I'm you know as a photographer I obviously more gravitated to the photography side of social media so um, you can find me on Instagram and I probably post a lot more about the film there than anywhere else and my uh, my username is Chaz Elmore underscore DOP 
um, C-H-A-Z-E-L-M-O-R-E underscore G-O-P. Um, your other question, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's any overarching thing to say other than just it's been it's an honor to be part of this festival and, and you know, uh, to to have, you know, to have a film that's been made in Tulsa by other Tulsa filmmakers and to be part, participating in Dead Center along with a lot of our other Oklahoma colleagues and Oklahoma City colleagues is a real honor and a privilege. I've worked with so many of these filmmakers and I've worked on so many of these filmmakers films that for us to have a, you know, to be part of, you know, the, that, uh, that community is a really good, is a really big privilege for us and, and, a, and, a, and an honor. So, you know, we're really happy to be part of a lot of these other films that, you know, are included in the Oklahoma block. Um, and, you know, to be part of a really standout year. Um, and uh, yeah, a historic year too. So, um, but um, yeah, it's just, I, I know, that a, the Oklahoma shorts are always a really great opportunity to highlight a lot of local talent and local crew. And so many crew in Oklahoma end up working on other projects that sort of come in and we basically are just facilitating the execution of their process. But to see actual Oklahoma filmmakers telling Oklahoma stories that are pertinent to them and relevant to them and reflective of their community and, 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 and culture, um, is very, very exciting and very, you know, thrilling to, to be part of that and to see a lot of these great uh, diversity of voices and, and stories. So um, I think it's a great opportunity and to be included with them is great for all filmmakers in Tulsa and Oklahoma, Oklahoma City proper. So um, yeah, it's a privilege to be part of that. Awesome. Well, Charles Elmore, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Caleb, thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> all right wonderful and uh now for those of you out there who want to keep up with the chest uh it's, if you're listening to this while the dead center film festival continues which is until uh sunday june 21st you can actually go ahead and buy tickets for either ten dollars per ticket as part of the oki short mixtape volume two block uh or if you're a pass holder you can just log on to the dead center web website and check it out there uh for more interviews at, from dead center 2020 you can head over to the cinematropolis.com or hit us up on twitter or, uh, or facebook um facebook or facebook.com forward slash the cinematropolis and on twitter at the cinematrop thank you so much for joining us today everyone we'll catch you again next time <laughs>